You're listening to The Purpose Filter, the show that helps you figure out the life you most want to live and how then to make that life a reality. Because let's face it, we only have one. I'm your host, hospice and palliative care doctor, certified life coach and hypnotist and lover of all things autumn and pumpkin spice, Dr. Louis Kathy Zhang. This week, similar to last week's episode, you are going to hear four thought-provoking lessons from yet another museum visit in Amsterdam, this time the Anne Frank House. This episode talks about processing emotions, the power of the human spirit despite the most heartbreaking and awful challenges, how to step back and find a fresh perspective during stressful situations in your own life, and so much more. Take a listen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to yet another episode this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you have not already, please, please, please take some time out to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Most notably, people will be listening on Apple and Spotify. If you can, that would greatly help the reach of this show and so that we can help more and more people improve the quality of their lives while they are still here. So this week, talking a little bit more about trip to Amsterdam, but specifically this time at another museum, the Anne Frank House. And if you've never been to the Anne Frank House, basically what it is, is the actual house and annex that Anne Frank was living in along with seven other people while they were in hiding from the Nazis during their occupation of the Netherlands. Basically, it takes you through a tour through the three levels of the warehouse in the front where people were working and that sort of thing. Otto Frank Anne's father had initially started this business when he moved from Germany to the Netherlands and then had to go into hiding with the rest of his family and other Jewish people. And so his employees and other people kind of kept up the storefront at the kind of street facing section of the house. But there was an annex further behind the house that was hidden from the street view where the people were hiding. And so the tour takes you through from the lower level of the storeroom all the way upstairs to the second or third level of the building. And then you walk into this annex area through the actual bookcase. It was a, you know, fake bookcase that would swivel kind of like in movies. And they, you go through the bookcase and then you get to see kind of the actual area where they all lived. And throughout, there's an audio tour and visuals and movies and photographs and all of these memorabilia through the tour. And it's a very, gosh, it's a very somber and sobering tour because you're like, oh my God, the atrocities that these people had to go through and that the world had to go through during that time because of what was happening from all the anti-Semitism, the Holocaust, all of this stuff. And so I wanted to share a little bit about some of what we learned during our trip there and how maybe that can apply to you and your life as well, very similarly to the Van Gogh episode last week. So the first thing was that actually the Frank family were originally living in Germany. They were in Frankfurt and they had lived there for about 10 plus years. But 
Anne's parents decided in early 1933, right after basically Hitler came to power, that they were going to move to the Netherlands. And because they were noticing a worsening environment against Jewish people in Germany. And there was this beautiful quote that was really heartbreaking, but very enlightening that Otto said, because Otto was the only one of the Frank family to survive. He lived until the age of 90, actually. And he said, when most of the people of my country, Germany, turned into hordes of nationalistic, cruel, anti-Semitic criminals, I had to face the consequences. And though this hurt me deeply, I realized that Germany was not the world and I left forever. And this leads me to the first kind of lesson or insight that I had, because it just hit me that so many of us whether, let's say, we're living in a certain area. I mean, I can only imagine my parents left China when they had lots of money comparatively to their friends and family, a lot of resources, so many friends and family to start over in a country where they didn't even speak the language. And they struggled for years, like decades, trying to make ends meet. And that our past doesn't necessarily determine our future, that just because they lived in Germany their entire lives, they went on vacations, they were in school, and they had all these memories, it didn't mean that they had to continue that way, especially when challenges rose up. They decided that, you know what, this status quo, what we're doing right now, it's not feasible for us and for our future. And so they made the decision I can only imagine how hard it must have been to leave and start over in a new place. And they were very happy and peaceful from what the museum tells us for many years until the Nazis invaded the Netherlands and they had to go into hiding. And this kind of made me think about the second point of this, which is even amidst the atrocities, there was good if you search for it. And Millions of people died being persecuted by the Nazis. And yet the Frank family and the others who lived there for two years, two years in hiding, they lived because of the help of those who risked their lives for them. You know, that is beautiful. People who literally kept them fed. They went to the market. They got extra rations from the black market because, you know, you couldn't just show up and be like, hey, I've got eight people living in my annex. Can you give us more food and bread and that sort of thing? So they repeatedly lied and lied to officers and soldiers who conducted searches and random unannounced visits and all this stuff. That's the power of the human spirit of people who were like, you know what, this isn't right, and we're going to do something to help these people. And even though the Frank family, the others who were with them, I believe the Van Pelts, they couldn't go outside. Their windows were painted black so that no one could see in, and therefore they could not see out. They could not make a sound, use the bathroom, walk, or run water during the day because they were over a warehouse and shop. And so if anyone downstairs heard anything else, it would have given them up. And yet they still celebrated occasions. They had birthday parties and weddings and dinners and, you know, still found reason and cause to 
celebrate even amidst what was going on back then. And it just makes me think that sometimes when we are so wrapped up in what's going on in our heads, what's wrong and what's frustrating or what's overwhelming, we forget that if we can just zoom out a little bit and take a real look around at the situation, that there might be something good there. There might be something to celebrate. Because if people like the Frank family, if Anne and her father and her parents and siblings could find some reason or moments of levity and celebration during all of that, then gosh, certainly we could try to do something similar, right? And even in their day-to-day lives, they still had hobbies and did certain things to pass the time. Anne obviously wrote. And another point I want to bring up is if there is something that you love, make moves to create that reality. Anne loved writing. She really wanted to be a great writer and she was very set and intent on becoming a journalist after the war was over. And she really actually decided at one point that she wanted to publish a book with her diary kind of as the backbone of it. So she actually rewrote many passages, many journal entries in preparation to create this book. And without her choosing that without her realizing that, hey, I want to be a writer and I want to write and I want to document, we would never have the diary of Anne Frank. We would never know from a 15-year-old girl's perspective what she was really thinking. And this was actually something that uh, was in the museum was that her father, Otto, was being interviewed later on in the 60s or something like that. And he said he thought he had a great relationship with his daughter. And they did. However, it wasn't until he read her diary that he fully understood who she was as a person. And this makes me think about how we present ourselves to the world or what parts of ourselves we actually hold back from others. Find a way to process your emotions because No one person, whether it's your spouse, your sibling, a parent, a best friend or whatever, no one person or certain amount of people can be everything that you need them to be. At the end of the day, we can have and lean on as much support as we want. And at the end of the day, it is also us. We are the only people that will be with us for our entire lives. And so we need to nurture that relationship to journal, to walk, to think through things, and to really just learn how to be okay being with ourselves. And not necessarily being alone, but being by ourselves, which seems like the same thing, but it seems subtle, but it's not the same thing at all. And like I said, there's so much about the human spirit that just never ceases to amaze me. You know, while we were away, actually, there was an earthquake in Morocco, 3,000 people dead. There was massive flooding in Libya, and I think it's like 4,000 dead, maybe 9,000 missing. In World War I, 40 million casualties, 40 million 
In World War II, the estimates are 60 million, 70 million deaths, you know, and it just makes you think. Again, I'm talking about zooming out from our first world problems. And it's not to say that we don't have a right to be upset or overwhelmed or angry. That's not it at all. We have every right to be frustrated and to feel how we feel. This isn't to diminish mine or your experiences or emotions or existence at all. And at the same time, in reality, if let's say I'm really frustrated that the pair of boots I really wanted were sold out in my size, is that really as big a deal as I'm making it out to be? And I'm sure that there are things that you get hung up about in your own life. I have clients who tell me like, oh, someone said something to me and I just couldn't get it out of my head and it like ruined the rest of my day. And yeah, that happens. And it's possible for us to learn how to let that go, to learn how to let Whatever they're going to say, just bounce off of us so it doesn't ruin the rest of our day. Or if something else happens in your life unexpectedly that could derail you your entire week and who knows how much longer of the rest of your life. There are ways for us to learn how to have our own backs and for us to be able to zoom out and have perspective. That is one of the ways that we can do that is to just be like, you know what? (sighs) let me take a big deep breath, okay? It is going to be okay. I am safe and I'll figure it out. Even if I don't know how, I'll figure it out. And that's one of the reasons why I love, love palliative care and I love hospice and I love sharing these stories and insights that my patients have with you and your family or whoever else is listening. It reminds us that the vast majority of things we are led to believe are important are really just noise. And so I hope that this is just a small reminder for you that whatever you're going through, it's okay and it's going to be okay. Maybe not now, maybe not immediately tomorrow, but at some point it's going to figure itself out. It is going to sort itself out. And at some point, it is going to get better. As I always say to myself when I get hung up on things that I'm anxious or worried about, it is only a matter of time before what you're going through, this challenge that you're facing, changes. And if you can just put one foot in front of the other and just take it day by day, and if you can't even do that hour by hour, and if you cannot do that minute by minute, break it down and you'll start to see that things will change. And as always, I'm wishing you lots of love, healing, and just take great care of yourselves and take care of each other. I will see you on the next episode.